My message, uh, this message, is around the um, idea of seasons, the changing of seasons. And the changing of seasons is always um, a reminder to me of um, how life works, how our own spiritual journeys work, and I would say even our own life's journey. Uh, for me, the metaphor of seasons has become, I think, a way to help me understand uh, the movement of life, often the movement of relationships. I know the metaphor of seasons has helped me understand uh, better, I think, uh, the movement of a congregation and the journey of a congregation. Um, I think it's actually helped me uh, become a, a better pastor. Um, I guess others would be um, the judge of that. But the metaphor of seasons has become a very rich one for me. I agree with the Quaker Parker Palmer when he writes uh, this about seasons. Quote, Seasons is a wise metaphor for the movement of life. It suggests, I think, that life is neither a battlefield nor a game of chance, but something infinitely richer, more promising, and more real. The notion that our lives are like the eternal cycle of the seasons does not deny the struggle or the joy, the loss or the gain, the darkness or the light, but encourages us to embrace it all and to find in all of it opportunities for growth. Now, I bet you've heard another passage uh, that talks about seasons. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'm going to read um, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, uh, actually maybe 1 through 11. You've heard this before. It's a very familiar passage. Songs have been made about this passage. But it raises up again this metaphor and this theme of seasons. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, starting with verse 1. This is from the Common English Bible. There is a season for everything, and a time for every matter under the heavens. A time for giving birth, a time for dying, a time for planting, and a time for uprooting what was planted. A time for killing and a time for healing. A time for tearing down and a time for building up. A time for crying and a time for laughing. A time for mourning and a time for dancing. A time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones. A time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces. A time for searching and a time for losing. A time for keeping and a time for throwing away. A time for tearing and a time for repairing. A time for keeping silent and a time for speaking. A time for loving and a time for hating. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from all their hard work? I have observed the task that God has given human beings. God has made everything fitting in its time but has also placed eternity in the hearts without enabling them to discover what God has done from beginning to end. So seasons. Seasons is a very important part, I think, of our life's journey again, of our spiritual journey. It's a very rich metaphor. When we hear these words, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting, a time for what was planted, let's say, a time for throwing away, a time for tearing, a time for speaking, a time for being silent. I don't think the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying those things have to happen. I think what the writer is saying is that often they do happen. 
There are seasons of these, such as there is a season for loving and a season for hating. We don't intentionally say, well, I'm going to hate. But what we recognize is, unfortunately, there are seasons of it, as well as there are seasons of loving, and there are seasons of war, and there are seasons of peace. So maybe the writer is being somewhat fatalistic. Maybe there is an inevitability of the seasons. But I think what the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying is there is a season for everything. And these seasons are often moments that are really out of our control. It's not that we can control them, but the question is, is how do we live into them? This idea of seasons was uh, impressed upon me first because uh, this past week was my 58th birthday. And I realized even more so that I'm entering a whole new season of my earthly journey. Now, I'm sure that happens with everyone's birthday, and I'm sure it happens at certain times more so than others, depending upon what age we are or how old we are. But for me, this being my 58th birthday, um, two years away from 60, uh, impressed upon me of this whole new season of my life. And what does that mean for me? This past Monday and Tuesday, I spoke at the spiritual renewal services at our Still Friends meeting. I had a wonderful time, and, but I was reminded of how there are seasons of spiritual renewal in our own lives. And sometimes there are seasons in which it seems like nothing's happening. It's nothing we've done, nothing we haven't done. There are just seasons of real fruitfulness and seasons when it just seems like our spiritual life is going nowhere. This past week, I met with a couple who was planning on getting married right after the new year. We did some planning and we did some pre-planning. And that same day, I met with a family whose father had um, suddenly passed away. And we planned for the celebration of his life uh, that we held this past Friday. So even within one week, even actually within about one hour, because I met these folks back to back, within one hour, uh, it was a time for mourning and a time for dancing to use that imagery. So the seasons come at us, sometimes very slow. The seasons come at us sometimes very quick. Sometimes the seasons come at us very expectedly. Sometimes they come at us very unexpectedly. And then, of course, there's a season that we've been in for about seven months, a challenging season, an exhausting season, a, frustrate, a frustrating season. And for many, it feels like a long gray winter that has no end. This is not a season that we planned for. Certainly, it's not a season that we wished or hoped for, but it's the season that we're in. So what do we do with it? How do we live into it? How do we respond? And I think as a Quaker faith community, we're in a season of discernment around how we will continue to be connected as a fellowship and in worship. So we are kind of in a transition, in a transition moment, in a transition place. We're not just going from summer to fall. We're moving inwardly. Uh, we're moving outwardly. Uh, we're discerning as a meeting what this transition means for us and who we're going to be collectively and also individually. So again, maybe Parker Palmer's words are very wise. Seasons is a wise metaphor for the movement of life. It suggests that life is neither a battlefield nor a game of chance, but something infinitely richer, more promising and more real. The notion that our lives are like the eternal cycle of the seasons does not deny the struggle or the joy, the loss or the gain, the darkness or the light, but encourages us to embrace it all and to find in all of it opportunities for growth. So I want to share just for the next few moments what I have learned uh, with seasons, uh, living with seasons, uh, um, what it has taught me. And first what I've learned is this. I have my favorite seasons. 
and I have my not-so-favorite seasons. But all the seasons need to be embraced and lived because they will happen regardless. Again, I can't control the seasons. And this is a challenge, I think, to individuals, maybe like me, that believe that we can just make things happen when we want to, or we can produce when we want to produce, or we can control outcomes, and that's somewhat of illusion, but people like me sometimes think that we can. Now, for sure, there's taking initiative, and for sure, there's being proactive, but ultimately, we are at the mercy of the seasons of life. And it's really a humble reminder that we can't control life. It's become a very humble reminder that I can't control life. Sometimes as hard as I work, sometimes as devoted as I am, sometimes as committed as I am to what my intentions are, I cannot ultimately control the seasons of life. As a pastor, I can't control the seasons of a congregation. I can't control the seasons of your life. I can't control whether it goes from summer to fall, from fall to winter. I simply need to live into them. Ecclesiastes says there's a there's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens. There will be seasons of joy. There will be seasons of sorrow. There is going to be seasons of challenge and seasons of ease. There will be seasons of struggle and seasons of celebration. And generally speaking, the season we are in has nothing to do as to whether we are faithful or not. Seasons happen, but what we control is our response. And I guess that's really enough to say on that first point is simply this, that we can't control the seasons. Seasons will come and seasons will go. And it usually has nothing to do with whether we are good or bad, effective, ineffective, faithful or unfaithful. It really has to do with the rhythm and seasons of life. Even within marriages, even with relationships, marriages have seasons. And it really never has to do with whether a couple is good or bad, effective, ineffective. Sure, there are things that couples could do to improve their marriage. There are things that couples could do to improve their relationship. But more often than not, it's that marriages have seasons. And often what couples can do is to live into that season and ask that question, what is this season teaching us? Where do I need to grow? Where do we need to grow? What does this mean for us? Which leads to the second lesson that I've learned about seasons, is they are opportunities for both gratitude and growth. And it's really during these various, various seasons that I've invited often to reflect upon the gifts of grace in my life, as well as the growing edges in my life. You know, in seasons of loss, we often reflect on those gifts in our life that we presently experience and are experiencing. And we often name these aspects of our life that truly matter and need our attention. And that's why I think that so many people pay close attention at memorial services, at funerals, at celebrations of life. And I take this very seriously and thoughtfully because often in those moments, people are thinking very hard about what matters to them. People are thinking very hard about what's important to them. People are thinking very hard about the value and gift of life in those moments. So I think in seasons of in loss, we reflect on those gifts in our life and how we can be grateful for them. In fact, seasons of loss really tend to sharpen our focus and attention so we can truly focus on what matters. Seasons also invite us to reflect on the areas of our life in which we can be cultivating spiritual and personal growth. And this often happens, I think, if the season is really a challenging one, like the one we're presently in as a nation, as a world, as a community, uh, maybe our own personal season. Uh, it may feel like a very harsh statement to make, and I don't intend it to be harsh, 
But I think when we are in these challenging seasons, we don't want to waste them by not um, investing in our own personal and spiritual growth. Challenging seasons always have something to teach us. I know I've I'm, I'm, I'm got some multiple growing edges going on in my life right now through this very challenging season that we're in um, collectively. Um, I'm learning um, new things about myself. I'm learning new things about how to lead. I'm, I'm learning new things about what it means to pastor, what it means to be present. I'm learning new things about personal expectations. So how can we cultivate these challenging seasons uh, toward uh, fruitfulness and growth in our life? I think the question is always this. What is this season teaching me about myself? And who do I want to become through this season? What are the growing edges of my life? And who am I being invited to become through this and then when it's all over? And then I think um, another lesson that I've learned uh, in this uh, metaphor and rhythm of seasons is this. Seasons are always experiences of change. There is a letting go of a previous season as well as a preparing for the season to come. You know, during nature's seasons, there are moments of letting go as well as preparing. Autumn is a season of letting go. Trees let go of the leaves. We let go of long days and we let go of warm summer days. Uh, we prepare for winter. We may do preparations around the house. We may do preparations with our, our furnace and heating system. We may get firewood. There are all sorts of different preparations because we know a new season is coming. So there is a letting go and there is a preparing, a letting go of what was and a preparing for what will be, even though we're not even sure how that season will be. And I think in the seasons of our own lives, there is a letting go as well as a preparing for the next season of our life. There is a letting go of what no longer works and is no longer fruitful. And there is a preparing for how we can be more fruitful in our life and how we can flourish. There is a letting go of old habits and patterns that no longer serve our growth and development. And there is a welcoming and a preparing for new habits, new patterns, uh, new rhythms in our life that will breathe life and health and wholeness into us. There's a letting go of old ideas and ways of seeing life, paradigms, if you will. And there is a welcoming and embracing creativity and innovation as we prepare for a new future, as we prepare for a different future. I think there's both a personal letting go and a corporate letting go. And this is maybe one of the more significant places of discernment that we will have over the next few months as a faith community. What is it we need to let go of? Um, that no longer works, that no longer serves us well? Uh, what is it we need to prepare for? How do we need to plan? Or how can we open ourselves up to the new future God has for us? And what does that look like for us? Um, and might we be completely different in the next six months to a year, uh, different than what we can imagine right now? And I know there's a lot of questions, and that's a lot of questions. And uh, an uncertain future doesn't need to shake our faith and confidence. Because we know that in all these seasons, God is in them. In all these seasons, God is with us, helping us both let go and prepare for what is to come. Even marriages, I've stated that, and relationships. Uh, sometimes even in marriages and relationships, there is a letting go. Letting go of uh, old habits, letting go of unhealthy ways of relating, um, letting go of one season and opening and welcoming ourselves to a new season um, in our own marriages and relationships, uh, new seasons where we have to adapt, 
uh, we adjust. Maybe we have to discover or rediscover new things about ourselves and the relationship and about one another to move into that new season. Uh, E.M. For e. Forster uh, once wrote these words, quote, we must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. We must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. It's probably a pretty safe statement that for many of us, myself included, nothing has gone as planned. And I realize that there are probably plans over the next three to six months that are tenuous. Uh, and that can be frustrating, that can be hard, that can be exhausting uh, when it comes to things like birthdays or anniversaries or trips or weddings or, or work or hirings or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's hard to know how to plan for the future. But as we live in this space, as we live in this transition, as we live in this season, how can we live in it, knowing that we're willing to let go of the life that we have planned so that we can live into the life that is possibly waiting for us? Maybe out of one to two options, there's a whole third way we haven't seen yet. Maybe out of just one option, there's a second way that we haven't seen yet. Uh, maybe as we wait for the life that is waiting for us, uh, new ideas, new creativity, uh, new understandings, new visions, new hopes will open up. Um, and we can still live life with a sense of joy, a sense of confidence, um, a sense of hope, a sense of even certainty and clarity. So how has this season over the last seven months changed us or changed you? As we move into the future, what do we need to let go of? And what do we need to embrace as a way to prepare for the future? And how do we live fully into the season we're presently in, as well as open ourselves up to whatever the living Christ needs to teach us? How do we listen in both ways? How do we listen for what we need to let go of? And how do we listen for what we need to live into and how we live into it? Joanne Chisitor, uh, one of my favorite writers, um, has to say this about life in general. Who of us hasn't heard it said over and over that we only have one life to live? The phrase intimates that life is to be one unending, unerring line. What we did yesterday, what we do today cannot be undone. The lifelong implications of this kind of thinking can be deadly. They set the future in cement. They freeze our successes or failures in eternal measures. They short circuit tomorrow in ways we can never repair. After all, if every act determines the next one, there is no newness, no change. There's only biological time. The inextricable, unending predestination of day after day. What is now determines what is to come. But I've not found it this way, she writes. On the contrary, my life has been nothing but a series of new beginnings. Each period of life has its own purpose. Think about that. Our life has been nothing but a series of new beginnings. It's always unfolding. We're always living into a different season, leaving one season, maybe wading through one, but then moving into another. And life is always this series of new beginnings. So what do we need to let go of? 
How can God sustain us and hold us maybe while we're in this waiting period and this transition period? And how can we be open to whatever new beginnings God has for us, for me, for you personally, for us as Deep River Friends meeting? Maybe for your marriage, maybe for your relationships, maybe for your job, maybe for your work, maybe for your own spiritual growth and development. But how can we be open to these new beginnings?